0: The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. My name is Haley Schultz, and I'm your host. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. This week, we're joined by a guest, Dr. Chris Naglieri, he is an endodontics resident, actually, at UNC right now, and he graduated from Nova Southeastern and then did a GPR and worked in private practice before heading into his endodontics residency, so we answer a lot of questions like, what is an endodontics residency like, how competitive is it, how long is it? And then we also talk about his experience with the GPR, and we kind of chat about AEGDs versus GPRs, and we just talk about kind of his general journey. How did he figure out endo was right for him? How has that been with his personal life? Because he is married, so they did have to do long distance for a few months while he was starting up his residency. And we also talk about the job prospects for endodontics, that there's kind of a new landscape for all dental specialists, actually, more of a freelancing landscape that people are jumping into So we talk about what that means. And overall, I just think you're all going to really enjoy this episode. We have a, broad range of experiences here that Chris is able to share with us. So I'm really looking forward to you all hearing the rest of this episode. But before we jump into that, I did just want to recap a little bit on what's going on in my life, finishing up my first year of dental school here. This coming week is my last week of finals, and then I'll be a D2. So I am having five finals this week. One of them is an in-person with a lab lab component for our periodontics class. We have to identify some instruments and talk about which teeth you use them on, whether anterior, posterior mesial or distal surfaces and then we also have our remediations this week for any practicals that we didn't pass i do have to remediate my class two practicals so i'm also going to be in sim lab a little bit this week in addition to all the studying that's really all the recapping i have for now next week is going to be my d1 recap episode so that'll be a long time a long chat and we're just going to talk about everything that happened d1 year kind of reflecting on everything And then there'll be a separate episode talking about D2 year. Going into D2 year, what are some of my expectations? What does our class schedule look like? What's the differences between D1 and D2 that I'm aware of so far? And then we're just going to have a lot more guests. And I do have some other themed episodes throughout the summer as well. So that's kind of everything you can look forward to for the podcast for the coming months. I'm still recording with a lot of new guests recently. That way we can schedule out through the summer months. And one final plug for the Dental Download Podcast Facebook group for dental students and pre-dental students – Please consider joining in there and consider asking questions. There hasn't been a ton of activity in there, but I know that people do have questions. Think of it like that DAT bootcamp Facebook group or Dental School Admissions Facebook group. You can really ask anything, whether you're a pre-dent or a dental student. I think that there's a good community growing in there and people that are definitely willing to help. And of course, follow us on Instagram if you're not already. That way you can see what guests are upcoming and submit your questions for them. And with all that said, we will get into our conversation with Dr. Naglieri. All right. Hi, everyone. So we have another guest here today, and I'll let them introduce themselves a little bit.
1: Hey, guys. My name is Dr. Chris Naglieri. Uh, I was born in New York City, grew up in Hershey, Pennsylvania. No, uh, no Willy Wonka. Everyone asked me that question. <laughs> Um, I did my dental school at Nova Southeastern from 2014 to 2018, where I went on to do a general practice residency at Kings County Hospital in Brooklyn, New York. And then after that, I moved out to St. Louis, where my wife is, was doing an orthodontic residency, where I worked private practice for a corporation. And now I'm a, currently a first-year endodontic resident at University of North Carolina,
0: Awesome, awesome. So it sounds like you have quite the backstory for us to kind of unpack on how you ended up getting into endo. But I guess first, if you just want to start a little bit about maybe your dental school experience and how that led you to eventually doing a GPR.
1: Yeah, so... I, I liked, some people will say that they didn't like their dental school experience. Like, You'll hear horror stories. I liked my dental school experience. I thought Nova did a really great job. Um, obviously, I met my wife in dental school. Um, as far as the clinical aspect, I had great team leaders. I know different schools call them different. I know UNC, they call them like, um, I don't know, some Harry Potter name, um, but I really liked my clinical experience at Nova. I got really close with the endo faculty and the endo residents there. Um, I started liking endo my second year of dental school when we had our preclinical classes. Um, It's tough to say exactly what was the first thing that drew me to endodontics. I was a person that really liked doing like puzzles. As a kid, I really liked learning how things were made, the ins and outs, like putting watches together. So I guess getting into a nerve of a tooth was like, I'm doing a puzzle here. Um, But I liked everything else. I liked doing dentures. I liked making crowns. I liked doing implants. So in dental school, I did as much as I possibly could. And I really just wasn't completely sold on endodontics just yet, mainly because The cases that you do in dental school are simpler they're not the easiest thing in the world but they are built for general dentists so i didn't feel like i had a good understanding of what an endodontist does day to day i did more root canals probably than most of my class but still they were you know you got to go through the faculty and everything they're like oh okay they they can try this one it's easy enough um And I still liked everything else. I still liked implants, still like crowns and dentures. So I wanted to do another year just to really hone and see what exactly I liked. So in my GPR, I mean, I did all of that. And I learned more about myself and about dentistry and what I like, what I don't like. So dental school started me there. My wife says she knew I was going to do endo from the start, but I didn't know. I didn't feel confident. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I get that for sure. So I guess backtracking a little bit when I think GPR, for what you were describing, you liked implants, you liked endo, kind of makes sense for that. How would someone go about deciding whether an AEGD or a GPR would be better for them?
1: They're really, they're pretty much the same. I know some people will say, oh, GPRs are more hospital-based, AEGDs are more clinical-based. It really just depends on the program itself. Some AGDs are built like a GPR and some GPRs are built like an AGD. My biggest tip would be find a couple GPRs or AGDs that you're looking at. And as awkward and as weird as it sounds, email the current residents and get their take. Because they will tell you unbiased if they love it or they hate it. The worst thing that can happen is you get into an AGD or a GPR that you just hate and it's just, you feel like it's a fifth year of dental school and you almost feel like you wasted a year. You want to go somewhere where you're going to do what you want to do, make as many mistakes as possible. It sounds bad, but that's how you learn. Making mistakes is where you're going to learn everything. So figuring out between AGD, GPR, call the directors, find out from residents what you like All the ones that I wanted to go to, I knew people in the residencies, so they told me the nitty-gritty of it, like what they hated, what they loved, and you kind of weigh your options, and then you get to go through the match system.
0: Got you. So, there has been some questions that people were asking about the financial aspect of residency. So, I assume I know for like GPR and AGDs, you're getting like a salary to kind of cover living expenses, but for like an endo residency, are you still paying a tuition or are you getting living expenses salary? How does that work?
1: So at UNC, I get paid a salary. It's very minimal. I think it's only about $650 a month because I am a technically a graduate teaching assistant. Um, And I still pay them tuition. Now, I found North Carolina is on the more affordable end, which is one of the main reasons I I chose them. Um, But a lot of endo programs are dental school tuition, Um, whereas GPRs, you get a, a decent salary. Now, it depends on where you live. Like my buddy I graduated with went out to Idaho, and his stipend was probably around. 30, 35k for the year, but cost of living was a lot cheaper, whereas mine in New York was about 60, 65 thousand for the year. But again, that pretty much went towards my rent in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> lived- exactly. It's all about the how far does your money go in that place?
1: <laughs> yeah, I lived in a shoebox. So <laughs>
0: So are you still in like a loan deferment from dental school during these residency programs? Are you expected to start making payments or like using other loans to pay for your loans?
1: So I was fortunate enough that my dental school tuition was paid for. um, And then my year of private practice that I did after the GPR, I just saved all that money to put towards my endo residency.
0: That's nice. Um, I
1: don't, I honestly don't know the answer to like loan deferments for residency. Yeah. Uh, my wife would actually know because she did her ortho residency, but she went right out of school. Mm-hmm. Um, so my situation was a little bit different. I only child syndrome, I guess.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely understand that. So I guess a little bit more on the getting into your endo residency. I feel like getting into like a GPR and AEGD getting into a program isn't too tough. Maybe specific ones are more competitive, but did you find that getting into an endo residency was more competitive than the GPR?
1: Oh yeah. And, okay. and there's a whole nother ballgame. Yeah, that's what
0: I thought. Okay. <laughs>
1: um. So the tough thing about endo is it's all non-match. I like the match system. Um, and endo is a first come first serve type of interview where they're going to interview you they're going to try and scoop up who they can as soon as possible this, my story is that i finished my gpr residency on june 29th i had an interview at unc july 1st so i i went straight from the hospital to the airport flew to north carolina next day we had like a social event then I interviewed on Monday and then I went to my job the next day from the time that I left from the interview at about 5 p.m. on Monday I got home they already called me and accepted me and with endo it's hey we're giving you 24 hours 48 hours to decide you either accept it and you cancel all your other interviews or good luck to you and you don't know, do, do, are people going to call me? Am I going to get more interviews? Or um, do I just take it? Endo is it very, it's, it's tough. It's a very tough one. And, you know, some people will do the accept and then go on other interviews. But the problem is Endo is such a tight community that all the program directors know each other. So they will know if you go. And that's looked frowned upon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess the I mean, there's lots of cons with that system. But one thing I could see, like with you being married, like trying to end up in the same city as someone else, if you're like only have this one interview and you're like, I guess this is it or something. I don't know. I could see that being very tough.
1: It was tough because the original plan was so she was doing her residency at St. Louis and St. Louis had a endo residency and I was kind of close with the director And they were after my UNC interview. And I went to UNC and I was like, oh, you know, I'll go, it's my first interview. I'll go, I I looked up UNC. I liked their program and everything, but it wasn't top of my list. And then I went there. I had a great time at the interview, got a great vibe of the program. And I said, I could really see myself here, but I still kind of want to go to St. Louis because I want to be by my wife. And So when they accepted me, it was like, It was a tough decision. It was like, all right, you know, here it is. I like the program. It's the the acceptance is right here. Do we say no, hoping that I go on the St. Louis interview and we stay here or so, but the end is, you know, I liked UNC for who they were and what they had to offer. And we took it. We said, you know what? It's five months. Liking the program is more important than Plus, she doesn't have to yell at me too much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> got it, got it. So, but it's tough. It's, yeah. it's tough on people. Yeah, I'm sure. That would be very tough. Because I know with, like, Match, you can, like, couple up your applications or something yeah, match, along those lines.
1: Match, I feel, gave gives the applicant more control over where they want to go. Like, the GPRs were Match. It was nice. It was nice for Kings County because, I mean... You know, you rank them one, and you can kind of get a feel for how the interview goes. So I like the match system better. I wish everyone mm-hmm. participated in the match. I know Ortho is weird because, like, match, some are yeah. matched, you know, some are <laughs> non You know, if you go in the non-match, you can't apply to match. It's
0: Yeah, it's all very I don't strange. I know why I haven't
1: figured it out yet. Like,
0: <laughs> So is there anything else? I mean, obviously you got to have strong GPA, interview well, mesh well with the people at the program, but what else are they considering when they're either looking to give you an interview or looking to accept you?
1: Their big thing, and I'm not saying it's impossible, getting out of dental school into endo residency is very difficult because they want experience. They want. They don't want a handhold anyone in endo residency they kind of want you to have an understanding and be able to access a tooth or diagnose and treatment plan they don't want to sit down and do you know the basic stuff but it's not unheard of i there's there's two people in my program that come out of dental school but again pristine gpa pristine letters of rec i mean i was i think i my rank out of 180 was Probably 38. So it wasn't the greatest thing. It wasn't like ortho ortho top. Um, but my experience excelled me over GPA or everything. And another thing with Endo is you gotta get your application in like day one. I think it opens May 15th, pass, and they will start sending interviews the next week. So get all the letters of recommendation in super early personal statement in. look at every single program. Cause some of them have supplemental applications, like extra essays. Some of them have just waivers that you have to sign, but they're, they're first come first serve basis. So anytime it says August 1st deadline, really your deadline should be June 1st, but it's tough. I mean, and and t- it's a tough ball game to play. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but But I know you can do it. Yeah. It works out for a lot of people. So where there's a will, there's a way, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my recommendation would be in dental school, try and do as many procedures as you can. Shadow residents really sit down, look in the mirror and say, can I do root canals for the rest of my life? And a a good way to determine that is sit down with a, a resident and watch them struggle on a tooth, like a calcified tooth. They can't get any files in, they're sweating, they're struggling, and then ask them, like, was it worth it? And if you feel like, yes, that's something I want to do, then great. Cause you know, the cases that you do in dental score number eight, you plop right in, canals right there. You're not getting those in endo anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're getting the ones that make you sweat. Like <laughs> I had a case today that made me sweat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was one of my questions was do you find that endo could be too repetitive for you? Or is that something that you like about it? Or are the cases more complex being like a specialist? It's
1: something I like. I again I thought I wanted to do like the super GP. I wanted to place implants. I want to do sinus lifts, endo, all these things. But as the as the day goes on, trying to keep your mind at the top level of every possible specialty, it's difficult. I'm not saying people can't do it. For me, it just it weighed on me every day because I knew I, wasn't, I was doing it well, but I felt like specialists can still do this a little bit better. So endo was the one procedure that no matter how stressed I got was like, okay, I still had fun doing that procedure today. Like I really enjoyed doing that and it hasn't gotten repetitive i found in residency root canals have actually gotten not so much the complexity of it they've just gotten harder because now you're looking for more things like in a lower molar do you think in your head oh it's always got three canals and residency, with a microscope you're like hmm, okay here's a fourth canal oh here's a fifth canal so you're always finding little surprises every day um and you still get a lot of complex uh, procedures. I mean, you could do apical surgery, you do resorption cases, you do intentional reimplantations. Um, so it's not too, you know, repetitive every day. You always see something a little bit different.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So could you talk a little bit more about your residency experience so far? I'm sure it's been a little nonconventional, like everyone's past year has been, but about how many people are in your program, and then just generally some of your experiences so far.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been a little weird. It was weird in the beginning. So we got in in July. There's three residents per class, so there's nine of us total. We got in in July, and we were completely remote the first month. So we just took, like, a pharmacology, anatomy. We took a couple endo courses, but we weren't even allowed in the clinic until middle of august and once we started in august we were on a rotation basis uh, because we were still kind of half capacity so they didn't want the first years to really see any patients yet so two of us would be working on extracted teeth with a microscope just getting used to instruments and the microscope because it does give you a headache in the beginning and then the other one resident would assist like the second years and third years, just to see how the computer system works, how, you know, consents and everything, how the whole clinic is run. And then in about October 1st, we started seeing patients. So they started us at seeing one patient in the morning, one patient in the afternoon. And we do a prison rotation as well on Thursdays where we go to the, uh, the prison and work on patients there. So that started in November. And now finally in January, we're all kind of back on track. So we're all seeing four patients a day. Rotations are all fine. So now we're finally, now it feels like a residency because before we were really doing too much. We'd see only like maybe three patients a week, but now it's, now it's kicking, kicking in.
0: <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I'm glad that things are ramping up for you. How long is your program?
1: So we're three years. Okay. Endo, endo residencies are typically two years. Mm-hmm. We, uh, at UNC, they put a lot of emphasis on research. Um, but since they put emphasis on research, they spread it out an extra year. So it's not too daunting. I know some programs are two years with a lot of research, and it's just tough to get your research project done in two years um, it's also a good program for families. I know they give you a lot of time off, like a couple of my co-residents have kids, so they were able to take time off. So UNC is kind of more of a family program. They give you more time to kind of live your life after after a long day of clinic. I it. love it here so far.
0: That's <laughs> awesome. I was going to ask, if obviously you said, do you like the program and you went with it? So the fact that it was a little bit longer didn't deter you because you...
1: No, I I liked. Okay, I liked the longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because there's so much to learn in endodontics. Yeah, it's nice to get out in the real world and and start paying back some some loans. Um, I, I I just like learn. You don't really get to learn from a lot of mentors out in private practice. You're lucky to get a really good mentor out there. But here, I feel like I could just pick everyone's brain as long as possible and just try and try and use that extra year that some people may not have
0: mm-hmm. so upon graduating what's usually the job prospect like for an endodontics is it just like a solo practitioner in a private practice or are there group practices or what's the
1: usual thing there's a couple of different ones I know mm-hmm some people will go into a practice kind of like a general dentist and work as an associate and then take over the practice. Um, You could start a solo practice. Uh, Another popular um, sort of job market that a lot of endodontists are doing is they're traveling endodontists. So what they'll do is they'll work for a company and they'll have one assistant, they'll have their materials and they're contracted and they'll have like 10 or 12 different offices and they'll just take their stuff with them and just go to an office that schedules all their root canals, do that schedule, and then next day go to a different office. So that's, mm-hmm. that's starting to catch, catch on. A lot of people are doing it now, especially with the corporations. Like if, um, if a certain corporate has a bunch of offices in the area, they'll hire one endodontist and they'll just go from office to office. Mm -hmm. they make make really good money there
0: (laughs) yeah i've heard about the kind of like freelancing type thing even for like periodontics and stuff too so it must be becoming more popular for specialists to go in-house to general dentist offices i could
1: see the appeal well yeah a lot of people like it. they don't have any overhead i mean they're not paying for space they're just going in and just doing their thing and then going home
0: yeah it's it's interesting
1: it's it's the people that I've talked to that do it say that they can really only do it for a couple years though, then then it kind of then they kind of want their own place, which is fine. I mean you you save up to purchase your own practice and then you go from there, you get experience from working out in private practice, and then you're on your own.
0: Gotcha, Yes, yeah. so I have one more question that I thought of when you were mentioning going to work in the prisons. I don't really know much about endo at all, but I know, like you said, you use like the big microscope. I don't know if it's big. That was more my question. (laughs) How do you get the equipment around? Like, do you use less tech when you're in the prison or do you make everything portable or what?
1: No, we, we use less tech. Like we don't use the microscope there. We use our loops. Like my loops are, I got four fives. topic, And they're great. I love those things. So, you know, we do what we can with the settings um but no we don't have the microscope and everything i wish we okay. did that's but what we I do thought. have one but it's like it's from like 1970
0: okay i was gonna say that I, I wouldn't imagine those things are
1: very portable but
0: i was curious
1: <laughs> No, and it's and it's tough to get it through like the prison system and anything so anytime we need to bring in materials it's a whole thing mm-hmm. so we're trying to just have like our set equipment and you and you adjust i mean it, it's good materials it's just sometimes like if something breaks it's like i can't go anywhere and get in anything
0: yeah <laughs> that does make sense So I feel like we covered most of the questions I had, but do you have any kind of final advice you want to leave for people listening?
1: Um, main thing is just don't be afraid to make mistakes in what you're doing. You're going to make a ton. You don't, you don't want to leave dental school or your residency, not making a mistake with something like some people are like, Oh, the crown didn't fit or this tooth broke while I was extracting it, or I broke a file. Mm -hmm you want to learn from mentors how to get out of those situations now when you're in school or residency, because when it happens in private practice and you have seven other patients waiting on you and you're sweating and something's not going right and you don't know what to do, you kind of wish that you had that experience before and it still probably will happen in private practice. But the main thing is just breathe. Mistakes are going to happen. That's how you learn. I've probably made any mistake you could probably think of. I probably made it. And that's how I think that I feel confident doing what I do. I mean, you can even name a procedure and I could probably tell you the mistake I made doing it. (laughs) So some people get discouraged, but just know that that's only going to help you in the future.
0: Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate everything.
1: No, of course. And if anyone has any questions in the future, let me know and I'll be around. I'm always happy to help pre-dents that are interested in endo. Um, I'll give you my email if anyone wants to reach out with any endo-specific questions. I promise I'll respond. Sometimes I don't check my email.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, that is the end of this week's episode. Next week, you can look forward to my D1 year recap, recapping the whole year. I'll obviously spend a bit more time focusing on this past semester because I have done a recap of the other two semesters that I've had as well. I'll definitely be sure to share those to my story on Monday so you can check out the summer recap, the fall recap, and then the winter slash overall recap recap And I do just want to mention my YouTube channel really quick again because I am going to be making quite a few videos. Also looking into next year for D2 year, sharing my schedule, sharing some of my expectations for D2 year, but that will also be a podcast episode with a little bit of different content in both formats. And the following week, so next week is the D1 recap, but the following week is going to be a guest, Colin Carr from Carr Healthcare Real Estate. So we talk all about what healthcare real estate is, whether you should buy in a more rural area a more urban area what are some things that people make mistakes on when they're going into buying a location for their practice or renting it doesn't have to be buying but we talk a lot about that starting up a practice and the real estate aspect of starting up your dental practice so with all that being said that'll be the end of this week's episode i hope you enjoyed and i'll talk to you next monday